0: Monday, Kirech, Shir Ten. We are discussing. The Miller is giving examples of how it's impossible that the world should be an accident. So he gives an example. He says, "What we just we the example that he gave last night was uh, a foot of a eye of a uh, fly." He says, "There's nothing. Com- this is nothing compared." to the human eye which is immensely more complicated now this is one of his favorite topics to elaborate on his idea in how the, the neflois habayir work so he says like this he says the eye is set back in the bone right? it's set back in the skull of a person which protects it from being hit if the eye would be sticking out chas <laughs> shalom, bank <laughs> it has a lid which rolls down automatically whenever anything approaches the eye when something goes into your eye immediately you you blink and then it rolls up and it disappears like if you just see an eye when it's open you can't even tell that there's something covering it so it's mamish it's perfect in the sense that it's come, it drops when, it's, when an object is coming and it immediately disappears when it's not there the eye is continuously washed with a fluid which is antiseptic which is supplied by the tear ducts. Constantly washing the eye. The eye is a very delicate part of the body. The eyebrows why does a person have eyebrows? Why is it necessary? He says because it helps protect against sweat. Chazal says sweat is not good for the eye. It gets into the eye, it's not healthy. Burns. If every person ever gets sweat in his eye, it burns. And so the eyebrows stop person from sweating. Right, because sweat's going to drip down into the eye. So the eyebrows stop that, and the eyelashes keep out things that come in. A guy blinks; it keeps out things that come in. The white outer skin of the eyeball is very tough, and it protects the eye and it preserves the shape of the eye, which has a big influence on a person seeing, on vision based on how a person's shape of his eye is, if it flattens or it gets long person could hurt his vision. So the outside of the eye is white, the inside of the skin of the eye is black like the inside of a camera to absorb the light that would usually blur the image to make it a perfect image so the inside is black which absorbs, black absorbs light so any extra light gets absorbed the eye is equipped with a lens and it has like a screen called the retina which the image is projected this, the screen is made up of nine layers okay it contains many millions of rods and cones we discussed this in the Neflayi Sabayashurim but it's made up there's rods and cones which help a person see, and endless com- complex nerve fibers that are in these layers. Now, the pupil, which is the black part of the eye or the blue part of the eye, in the darkness it gets wide to let in more light, and in the sunshine it contracts to take it to remove light, to not not to let too much light in. The eye is one of the most perfect cameras, is the most perfect camera. It self-adjusts based on a person based on the level of lighting. A person can see in the dark and see in the light. And also it self-focuses. A person looks around the room, he can look at a safer, then look up at somebody far away, then look around someone in between. And it's constantly taking pictures, taking colored pictures from all sides and Wherever you look, immediately your eye is able to pick up the picture. And each part of the eye, whether it's the lens, the nerve, the tear duct, is very complex. And some of them have millions of parts to them. And every single one of these millions of parts have their own precise chemical composition and precise physical structure. It's exact. And each component has to be in perfect position and it has to be precise. Okay, it's just an eye. He said it's easier to believe that a mountain came after millions of earthquakes, eruptions, and hurricanes was finally shaped into by accident into a tall skyscraper with all details of framework, plumbing, electricity, ventilation, lighting, hardware, fixtures, furniture, and communication. It's more mistaver to assume that a mountain turned into a skyscraper than to believe that a cell developed into an eye. Why? Compared to an eye, a skyscraper is as uncomplicated as a brick. That's If you, if you understand the complexities that go on in an eye, to, to imagine that a mountain turned into a skyscraper, which would be something that we would say is impossible, that's nothing compared to a cell becoming an eye. An eye is immense complication. So that's what he says. says, So basically it's impossible to believe that the world evolved because it doesn't make any sense. So the young man responds, it's true. It sounds foolish to believe that a single cell can produce such uh, chachma, physics, engineering, logistics. Even a human being can't do that. To make the smallest part of the eye... But is it, is it not also strange to say that the whole eye was created at once? What do you want to say? You say, it's not mistaver that the cell became an eye. Okay, it's also not mistaver to say the eye was created at once. That, that was his kasher. Right? According to what we believe, the eye was created at once. So, the Chacham says that's true. But the reason why it's strange is because we never saw anything be created creation which is called yesh meayan is something that only took place once in history something unique so you can't compare anything that we see cannot be compared to creation we never see a creation of yesh Mayayan. creation is its own has its own logic but evolution which is supposed to be logical is mathematically impossible number 1 number 2 there is no the fact that such an evolution, such a thing should exist, he says, there's no, one, no one ever saw such a thing. There's no witnesses that write down that they saw evolution, something no one ever saw, because nothing ever happened. We never have any experience in any way, shape, or form that something even remotely similar took place in any aspect of the world, that something should evolve into something else. He says the fossils firmly disagree with this, like we'll see what fossils are everyone fossil what is we'll see he's gonna discuss it. But creation has witnesses and it's supported by historic tradition of the utmost reliability, like he's going to explain a little bit later. So basically evolution has no witnesses, there's no one that can prove it. Someone dreamt it up and creation has witnesses. We'll see what 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 the witnesses are. And it's clearly supported by tradition with utmost reliability. And therefore, it's childish to think that there's even a discussion, creation versus evolution. Now, once you get into creation, you can start debating different religions. That's true. But right now, he's trying to set the premise that evolution, which is the makar for atheism, is impossible, is a mathematical impossibility. And therefore, for a person to dream of such a thing... He has to be simply foolish, simply childish.